All right, Matt, let's recap episode six on the road to 50 episodes. Got a long way to go. That I thought that was a good one. First, let me just say, I feel like I get backed into a corner every second you get the opportunity to tell me about how I say the word cop. And uh, I'm kind of mad at you. Oh, but Lance, I'm going through some stuff right now. So I think I get a free pass, right? So I can, I can say whatever I want, put you down, make you the bad guy, because I'm going through some stuff. So you just have to deal with it. Have you, have you ever met an asshole in like a wheelchair or even like a Down syndrome person that just takes advantage of the situation? That shit happens, right? Like, it's like, just because I'm getting separated doesn't mean I can't still be an asshole. It's, it's true. Have you ever met a, a disabled person that, that you're like, man, I really don't like this person, but I have to like him because they're disabled? Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, let's turn up the heat here. Let's get a little more controversial before we talk about religion in today's episode. <laughs> That's not controversial because I had an uncle who's Down syndrome. Again, get out of jail free card, bro. I used to joke about it on stage too, and the, the reaction was always, "You know who loved? You know who loved my jokes about my Down syndrome uncle? The people that have Down syndrome people in their life would come up to me after every show and be like, that was so great. I, I loved mm-hmm. it.' And, and other people that had no experience with disabled people or or abled people, I should say, uh, were just like, "That was offensive." It's like, well, you just don't know what you're talking about, and you don't know what I'm doing, and so you're just you're just voicing an opinion because. Uh, you you can't because I'm right in front of you. But it, yeah. people that are in touch with everything usually don't care. Right. Well, how about this? Because I forced my family to do a comedy night on vacation. And so we all had to do like a three-minute set. And the bit that I wrote that killed was a white guy imitating a black guy who was on the street harassing blind people. Uh, all around offensive, but yet it killed. And I'm not going to do it here, but did you do it? Are you? They had to do it. Are the no? I, I wrote it and then I did it. Oh, okay, it wasn't like they had to act out your idea. Yeah, it was. And so, uh, did the circumstance make it make it come off as less like racially offensive? No, no. I mean, I think it's a good bit. The way it was set up, it was just a good bit. I'm, a, I'm an amazing writer. I'm probably a burgeoning comedian, and I think we can all agree that. The commercials are holding this show together. No, it was just, it just worked, you know, and then I followed it up with some terrible bit about butt cracks, but we don't need to go there for too long. But the reality is uh, you can be controversial and be funny at the same time. And that's what we're going to do with religion today. Why? Yeah. Religion is, religion is pretty easy, like to not alienate people. So I'm glad we have a, a low hanging fruit fastball dude that we can hit why why i want to ask you why did you ever do you you forced me into stand-up comedy i don't know if you remember that but you signed me up i for did my, actually well i did the show with your band that was that was a disaster but you also signed me up for a contest at comedy works which yeah. i won the first yep. round yes sir and I, and I was like get it out there it's on you signed me up for that why did you never do stand-up i don't know that i uh, like you seem to like performing the- I don't know that I could perform like that. I think I probably, if there was like a sketch comedy place, I think I'd be more interested in something like that. Because stand-up is brutal. Stand-up is brutal because it's personal. And so characters are just, I don't know, they're more protective if if you're in a character. Stand-up is just brutal. You guys are tough, man. 
Yeah, but you see a lot of people doing a character. That's probably why. It, yeah. It's like out of body right. experience or something like that. Right. Well, you should you should give it a shot. We should uh, do some sort of bet. Here's what will happen. I can I can tell you right now. I'll be up there. I'll have some great bits, and then all of a sudden it'll be just like, ah, watch me fake whack off here, and I'll just I'll revert to the most pathetically adolescent thing, and I'll just be like, ah, this guy sucks. Like, yeah, but you'll, you'll you'll yeah. See, you, you're talking about cock. I'm not I'm not allowed to accuse you of doing it. You're just gonna do it. I don't even need to. You're gonna do it yourself. And then my family would be embarrassed. Your own and be, I would not bring your family your first three or four hundred shows, and then they don't they don't have to worry about it. Uh, you don't don't bring anyone you like to a stand up comedy open mic yeah. or to like your first three hundred shows. I think you hey, should li- try it though. I think you'd like yeah. it. Hey listeners, how do you like the recap of episode six? Matt, let's talk about <laughs> what did we do? Okay, we had Dave on. Guy's got a lot of energy, good friend of mine. And you know him from back in the day, too. Got his head on straight. Yeah, he's just an all-around awesome dude. And he, uh, I don't know, it, it wasn't a blind side. He set it up in the beginning. But then when he got into this midlife crisis thing, it's just so surprising that yet again, here's another guy going through some issues. And my question to you is, do you think he came on because he was going to issues? He come on this podcast because he was going through stuff or... or it just happens that everybody is. That's a good question because I'm like, why do I, I why do I feel more comfortable exposing myself or, or anything going on in my life to you than like in therapy or something? It, for some reason, it feels like people are more more open to talk about anything in a podcast format or some sort of entertaining way. Maybe stand up, maybe through lyrics, than they are like through actual. Uh, clinical work like maybe I think he might have came on just because two things you were probably like a special person in his life just as he was in yours the bond you guys talked about the bond and being in a band is pretty strong and you probably you feel like uh, man same thing I've reached out to some of my old comic friends where I'm like why did I neglect those relationships so he probably felt that so Mm -hmm. he wanted to he wanted to check that box get back in touch with Lance and then he probably doesn't have it sounds like because of like he doesn't have that many chances to talk about this stuff with anyone in his life because he said that like he he doesn't really have friends like that right now and uh and he's a busy guy and he's a hyper guy he said and he probably just doesn't have a chance to sit down and talk so so subconsciously or consciously he took seniors 94 as a chance to open up and talk about this uh this issue and we yeah. probably could have talked to him for like six hours. We probably just scuffed the surface, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it felt good for me. I I really enjoyed it. The reminiscing part, especially, and we cut out a lot of that. But it was it was awesome. I think you say you cut out a lot. Of, I mean, I think it probably took us 45 minutes to get where he was like, I'm going to talk about my midlife crisis. Maybe, yeah. And uh, wh- that was that was amazing. Like when yeah. he started talking about, it. he has a he had he speaks well. So the way he described his like half of his body's tense and stuff is was pretty amazing. I thought, but what what was the point of that show? Actually, I don't even know. Like what well, what, what issue did we talk about? Or is it just a place for someone to come on and talk? Well, the premise was that we were going to talk about how you've adjusted uh, from a period of your life where you had lots of creativity to maybe a more stagnant corporate job and we got into that 
for a while, but it just, given the midlife crisis, it's like, do I take the, you know, 15 minute story about the journey from being in a band to what he's doing now? Or do I take the midlife crisis and, you know, 99 times out of a hundred, I'm going to take the content rich midlife crisis buddy so we didn't really even get to that main topic so i don't think it matters man we're rocking it senior sign four does whatever the fuck they want yeah you come in and you you plan to get three percent of what you said on air and it's going to be the juiciest crap that you don't want on there so come on <laughs> in people that's it yeah so what, no, where do you good where do you think i i think we're all like this like i, I like because people now a lot of people reaching out to me heard about your separation heard about your job you okay and part of me is like, yeah, I'm great. This is like an opportunity to do stuff. And then sometimes at night, I'm sitting here thinking about my kids crying by myself. And, yeah. And so just thinking about Dave, he's like, I'm a, he literally said, I want to stay alive. I, I fear death because I like what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And then he said, I, I'm, I might be hiding my anxiety and depression. And that's why I have hypertension. I don't know if he said depression. Maybe, maybe I'm yeah, he putting did. words in his mouth. Yeah. No, he did. And so where do you think, where do you? Where do you think he's at? Like, you think we scratched the surface and he could come back and talk about the pain going on in his life for another four hours? Or you think he's kind of got it figured out? He just needed to talk about it and, and he's smart enough to realize his anxiety and he'll be fine. To me, it sounded like he had some wisdom about it. And I'm sure he could talk more about that situation, but he's got a good handle on it. But I get where he's coming from. You know, he's got a great life and he doesn't, he doesn't like the idea of it being threatened, you know, his health threatening that. Yeah. It's a pretty cool thing to say though. And I think it's interesting, like what we're willing to say, especially me, when I listen back to my dumbass, what I'm willing to say on a podcast that other people are going to listen to is shocking. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. And you're doing the same thing. It's like why we feel the need to publicly process Issues and no in other in no other place do I feel that comfortable I, doing it. I know. Yeah, because I, I mean that sleep thing I brought up in that episode to some extent feels embarrassing. It's like here you could picture this guy like doing jumping jacks in the middle of the night, but yet here I am. Disclose. What else do you want to know about me? It's that just interesting. Great. You made that up for ratings. The what's what I like the thing with Dave, myself, and you. What what's good for probably people to hear is like we're all riding that the middle. A lot of us. Some people have total mental breakdowns, and some people probably haven't figured out. But we're all riding that that up and down of like, oh, I got all this shit going on, but life is good at the same time, and we're all in that. And uh, that's kind of what you guys were explaining. Like you have to you have to exercise yourself to sleep sometimes, but you're pretty psyched about parts of your life and, and everything. Right. So I think, uh, I think he's, he's just, you know, he's, he's mature enough to talk about it and not, not sugarcoat it. And uh, he talked about some other stuff related to his family, which I don't know if I made it in there, his family, his, uh, you know, the transition out of, out of, from various jobs, trying to find a creative, a creative uh, way to fill the, the whole of your, your sweet band. But, uh, like, I think someone like that who can sit there and talk about it as freely as he did is probably better off than somebody else. And so from yeah. that perspective, I think Dave's doing really well. It's good to see. I haven't seen him or talked to him in like 20 years. So I think he's he's got his head on his shoulders because we're all yep. going to have problems. It's like how you deal with him. seems like he's able to deal with him.
Matt, welcome to the Middle Age Man News and Trends, focused on religion this week. And so, you know, there may not be some comedic bangers because it's a touchy subject, but we're going to go through the news anyway. First article comes from Stanford News, Sandra Fetter. Faith can lead to positive mental health benefits. According to researcher Dr. Tanya Lerman, prayer is a lot like cognitive behavioral therapy. It's a way to let go of your inner experience and move towards positivity and gratitude. According to Dr. Lerman, there are two features of religion that one should explore. How people with faith make an effort to connect with an invisible being like God and how people who are religious want change and generally want to feel different than they do. Lerman argues that individuals of deep faith often have to work hard to make supernatural beings, invisible beings, real in their life, and that those who are able to do so experience helpful changes. Matt, do you pray for Seniors 94? Do you worship Seniors 94? I hate to break it to you, Lance, but most of my praying comes, uh, is usually revolves around when I'm betting on college football on Saturdays, the God of three team parlays is who I pray to. So uh, the only thing I pray for, for seniors 94 is for someone to help us with our online presence. Cause I logged into Twitter or X, I should say for the first time in six, six years. And that took me pretty far away from God. And if somebody could help us market this show, so we don't have to get on social media, I would, I would vouch for you with St. Peter, I would do anything actually for that person if I don't have to go on social media. Uh, getting two middle-aged men to get on all those sites and market is, it's a big ask. And then to actually even market two middle-aged men is even a bigger ask. So. Right. We need God's intervention. Pray for seniors 94. I guess that's probably on me being a little, growing up a little more religious than you. I guess the praying's on me. I guess hundred percent. You're not, you're not gonna get it done, dude. So let yeah. me talk. Let me talk to my guy. I'll just have. A, I'll have a gratitude practice. Let's move on. The next article comes from CRU, which is a Christian organization. The author is Rachel Furchak, and she wants to help people talk to non-believers about hell and about whether or not they're going to hell. But it turns out, according to her, that telling someone directly that they're going to go to hell will shut them down and will shut down the conversation. It makes sense to me, Matt. Explaining hell to non-believers can be difficult. Hell is rooted in sin, and sin is rooted in giving more value to anything in your life than God. Hell is essentially being apart from God in one's life. One of the barriers to explaining hell to non-believers is they get caught up on the idea that a loving God would not send people to hell. And it may help to tell them that God is not only loving, but God is also a judge. He gives compassion and love, but also correction and discipline. Matt, what does God think of you these days? Uh, that's a good question. God is throwing a lot of challenges at me, but what's what's it, what's really interesting here is I don't have a lot of people telling me that I'm going to help, but I do have a lot of people, like whether I'm driving or in conversations, that are giving me the advice to go to hell. People are actually telling me I should go to hell more often than they're telling me that I'm going to hell. Like go visit. So, yeah, they're like, right now, you go to hell. I've been, I've been hearing that a lot lately. Uh, coworkers, spouses, friends, go to hell, Matt. And it's like, is that, a, is that friendly advice? Or is, you know, a place they, they think I like warm places? 
why is everyone telling me that all the time? But I haven't had too many people telling me that I'm going to hell for my actions on earth. And uh, it's interesting that that says that that's like a way to shut down a conversation. You're going to hell. I thought you're not like, ah, let's talk more about that. I'm going to turn this down. All right, our next article. Matt's going to have some zingers here. He's in a good mood. All right, our next article comes from Pew Research. David O'Reilly. According to the Pew Research Center, American Christians keep leaving religion. If recent patterns continue, Christians could make up less than half of the U.S. population within a few decades. And Pew Research projects Christianity will shrink from 64% of Americans in 2020 to between 54% and 35% by 2070. Matt, what is going on with Christianity in America? Uh, I see three things happening. There's a lot of like hardcore Christianity that's becoming exactly what they're like, they're, they're almost fighting against. Like you get down to the core of like fundamentalist Islamic people or fundamentalist Christians. And they're all, they're all like the same, what they're against. And like, so you have people going like hardcore in a religion where, where they know everything and that's the way it has to be. So you have people rebelling against that. And then you also have another trend, which is like uh, Christianity overly adapting to what we think we want, like how we want to live, whether it be like financial success or, or consuming or all that stuff. And so naturally when you have, when people are going in those directions, you're going to have people rebel against so like, what's the point? You know, what, like, what is the point of that? That's, that's why I think this is happening. What's the third? I don't know. You said there's a third. I think, well, the third the third trend is just people rebelling against all that stuff. So they're faithless people. And what what, what are yeah. faithless people do? What kinds of behaviors do faithless people have? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Like, because when we when you say faithless, you automatically assume it's some asshole. It's like satanic and, and having it's orgies like and it's butt beads and cock rings and silly <laughs> exactly. stuff like that. Exactly. I think there's a lot of people out there like, no, I'm just going to focus on, I don't know what like actual causes and yeah. not, and not tied to God. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. who are like, well, I'm going to focus on composting because it's good for humanity or I'm going to focus yeah. on, I work at an orphanage on Saturdays and it has nothing to do with God. That orphanage, it's a false God, an environment, false God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, if you let me finish, I was going to say those people are wrong and they're going to hell. I just haven't found a good way to tell them yet. I'm going to, do you have a, can I DM Rachel Furchak? You have her, probably help you. She can teach me how to tell, tell these people that are helping at orphanages that they're going to hell. Like if they're not doing it in the name of God, I need, I need some help on how to tell them that. Rachel will help you evangelize anyone, everyone, any circumstance. Do you do you do you think that this if this trend is true, it's a bad thing? Uh, you think we're heading to some sort of godless society? I mean, I think we all. It's funny because you're not very religious, but you you're actually fearing of that. You might not call it that, but like all the things that you're fearing, like with your kids and screen time and all and all this sense of like material success. Some people would say what what you're actually fearing is a godless society. And that where you don't have actual relationships and all this stuff, we all fear it. We just we just might call it something else. Some people would say that. You mean you? Uh, no, I don't know that that's uh, an accurate statement. But I would say, do I fear 
our society not having some common values and common views? Yes. I think there's aspects of Christianity that are very healthy and it'd be great if we all believed them. We'll get more into that in the men's room, buddy, but let's uh, move on to an article coming from random users of a UK social site called the student room. It's a place where students can come and share thoughts and ideas about a wide range of topics. According to user table dust, this person ranked the major world religions from best to worst. And here's what they said. Number one, Judaism. Number two, Buddhism. Number three, Christianity. Number four, Hinduism. And number five, Islam. Table Dust's post was quickly followed by a well-meaning student or teacher saying, there is no best or worst mainstream religion. Table Dust. This was followed immediately by a user named Cynical typing 50 consecutive lines of Islam to emphatically show that they thought Islam was the worst religion. Matt, do you think that these students have any sort of bias? I think this is is a lot like college football. The ranking system doesn't work. Like I think you need to go to some sort of playoff to really identify who's the best in college football or in in religion. Like how do you go head to head on this? And uh, I I think a war, a holy war. Yeah. Well, if you have a holy war and you win, you're, you're probably pretty sure that God was on your side, right? It's true. But like a five religion battle royale, maybe. I don't think yeah. Hinduism's going to win that one. Or Buddhism, probably. They're kind of passive, right? So they're probably yeah, they're not going to win. They're smaller. They're smaller. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's crazy. <laughs> this is, uh, I'll say this. Hats off to you for finding this. Damnation Leadership Training, known as DLT, helps business leaders deliver courageous conversations. We recently trained Darlene, a manager of Accurate Accounting Services in Pensacola, Florida. Here's what she had to say. DLT gave me the tools to manage my employees more effectively. My tax accountant, Trevor, was missing 529 plan deductions for our clients, and I was getting frustrated with him. So using DLT strategies, I brought him into my office and said, Trevor, if you miss another 529 deduction, you won't get into heaven, and you'll go to hell. Do you want that to happen, Trevor? That set Trevor straight quickly, because I don't think he wants to go to hell. I was also having trouble with my small business sales lead, Camilla. Her numbers were down in March and April, and I brought her into my office and I said, Camilla, if you don't bring your numbers up next month, you'll never, ever get into heaven, and you'll burn in hell. You'll burn in hell. You'll fucking burn, Camilla. Camilla isn't as sensitive as Trevor, and DLT taught me I may need to intensify my communication for some people. Needless to say, Camilla's numbers jumped significantly the next month. Telling people where they'll end up in the afterlife really has turned my business around. I've even started incorporating DLT communication methods with my family and the cheerleading team I coach. Please consider Damnation Leadership Training to transform your business and life. All right, we're in the men's room. Matt, I have this very adolescent idea for one of these men's rooms, I'm not sure religion as the topic is appropriate, but where we can't get into the men's room because there's, 
you know, some diarrhea on the floor. And I, I say like the janitor's in there cleaning up and we just sit here with dead air waiting. He's still cleaning. He's still cleaning. I have this uh, adolescent uh, joke that I want to do. And I think maybe I just did it and it's over with. So we don't have to think about it anymore. How, how does that make you feel, Lance? Real good. Real good. <laughs> you got it out. What is that? What uh, Top five worst jobs? Public bathroom janitor? I don't know, man. You see the end result. So at least you're not pushing papers in the corporate world. You have a pile of tasks. It's a pile of stuff to do, which is clean the bathroom. And at the yeah. end of the day, the pile's over here and it's a clean bathroom. Yeah. Messy, clean. It smells good. But it's just like, it, but what is, what's like, what, what's wrong with humans or public bathrooms are always just insanely disgusting. Like what, what is happening in there? Like what your work is fucked up. The second one idiot walks in there, like immediately dirty. It makes no sense to me of all the places that you would think you'd have sort of some public awareness, you know, taking dump and exploding all over the seat. Like you see half the time or just leaving just a monster mess in there unflushed or just, just total piss all around the seat. Like you're an asshole. I don't understand it. And it's like, it happens so much. Like what, what is going on in there? I don't, yeah. And I, I know that, I think that it's common in women's bathrooms as well. I've heard women talk about it. It's like, so yeah, here's the place I'm just going to do the most disgusting defecation I've ever done in my life. It just, I'm going to spread it all over. It's just so stupid, but we don't want to stick there because religion is messy too, Matt. You can tell uh, we're you, nervous to talk yeah. about religion. We're talking <laughs> yeah. about this stuff. Exactly. Uh, so you brought this up as a potential middle-aged topic, and I'm curious, why did you want to discuss religion on Seniors 94? Well, I, you know, since I've ta- been trying to be a little more open about what I'm going through with my separation and uh, job loss and trying to be a good parent and other stuff, some people have approached approach me and used this as a way to try to bring me closer to what they believe in, and they're, and they're in, in a very positive way. I believe trying to preach to me that the, the way through this is it, depending on what they believe in. Some Christians would be like through God and let it having a relationship with God. Other people have said, uh, you know, they've kind of said how they've got through it through whatever they, they believe in. Usually God, the people I'm dealing with, uh, sort of a Christian God or something like that. And so, you know, part of me is like, this is great. They're being friendly and they're being nice. And other other times I feel like people are taking advantage of a situation to try to encourage their viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And that's probably not true. But uh, I don't know if you've been in a situation like that where you're like, I don't know if you need this. Is like you're, you're pushing this on me right now. And I think most of these people feel like they're doing a good thing. And if you, if you pull that out through the history of religion, I think most people, even people that are trying to like, I don't know, bring Christianity to Indians or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, like have a mission out in Southwest United States. They probably, most people probably thought they were doing a great thing, right? Bringing God into these people's lives. And, but then still is used for something negative in a lot of ways. And, and that's always, there's always that conflict of religion. There's a fear that brings the people, maybe even people like you, of like, this is being used for a bad thing when in the end people are trying to make it a good thing. Yeah. What's your reaction to those um, unsolicited bits of advice, I guess? 
I, I like thank these people profusely and it always gets to a point where it's like, Hey, if you're interested, you could join us at, at a mass service on Sunday. Is that and a joke that, or is that no, real? No, that's real. Oh, and yeah. then I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm busy on Sunday. What's interesting is I grew up in a, in a, in a Catholic family and we weren't like crazy, crazy religious, but we did go to church all the time. I did like get baptized and did first communion and got uh, conf- confirmed as an adult in the Catholic church. And even as an adult, my wife and I would go to church, but we stopped going probably like four or five years ago. Um, but I do have what I would consider a relationship with God. And it's hard to tell people that you have a relationship with God. For some reason, it's like you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe it, maybe I look like I'm I'm the devil or something. I don't know. But people are just like, got to get a better relationship with God. It's like, I have one. No, you don't have well, What one. does that mean? A personal relationship with God. Yeah. What does it mean? Like what's a, pr- in a practical sense? It's a good question. Like the, the one person that's approached me is trying to get me to do this has said like, you need to fully... Uh, what's the word? Give yourself to God or relinquish yourself to God. Basically be like, I have nothing without you and only with you can I get through this. And I I don't have any problem with that really. But Just saying it? You just say it? Say it three times and you'll be... Uh, for like I think what? you need to pray on it maybe a little bit. Sounds like you got to ramp up your inner dialogue and, and that inner dialogue is actually communicating with God. Yeah, okay. And I already do that. I mean, I think we all do that, whether we want to call it God or something. Like you're having some conversation with somebody. It might be inside your head or outside your head. Right. But I found it the same, like the same, you know, there's like the science side of it's like going to therapy and the, and the religious side of it's like going to God. And I find the same issues with like therapists where you can't convince them that you, you, you know you're going through some hard stuff, but you're okay. It's like, now you need more therapy. You need you're de- you're gonna you're depressed. I'm like I don't know if I'm depressed. I'm reacting how someone should to a bad situation. Is that depression? Is that normal right. human behavior? And you can't convince either of these people that that you you it's okay. And maybe maybe they maybe they're I think everybody has my best interests in, in their mind. They're probably right because maybe I'm a little unstable right now. And maybe like I think the fear is that for some of these people, if you don't if you don't relinquish yourself to God or or go down that path. The other options are bad. Like I'm, I'm going to get separated. I'm going to go find some prostitutes to, or, or who knows, you know. Yeah, or, you're going to get on Tinder. Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe they're trying to protect me from that, which is yeah. good. But then other people, therapists might go, "You need to go out and do and screw around like that." Maybe that's why you're a shitty husband because right. you need you needed to do that when you were younger and you didn't. So you need to get that out of your system. Interesting. Yeah, there's no easy answers middle age, like you're confronted with these issues and spirituality, faith, religion, whatever you want to call it, has a role. What's its role in your life right now? Not organized religion, but this relationship with God, like on a practical level. I know this could be embarrassing, but are you kneeling before you go to bed and praying or, or are you just, you know, chatting with God in the car? I'm not trying to be condescending, even though my voice always sounds condescending, but I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I don't know. It's hard for me to find it right now. Maybe, maybe my friend is right. Maybe that I've, I've strayed, but maybe a little bit of, uh, some, some form of prayer, some sort of dialogue. I actually find it a lot when I'm like surfing, when I'm sitting out on my board out in the middle of the ocean. Seems like a good time to, to talk. 
reminisce. So I don't, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you. Like, what's my relationship? Like, it hasn't been. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going through this shit. I, I'm, I haven't gone to church more. I haven't been to church in a while. Uh, I don't go to church more. I'm not. I'm not like making a point where I have a schedule where I'm like praying before I go to bed. None of that. Um, but I, I will say this. I'm not blaming God and I'm not upset about anything like that. I haven't gone down that path. I'm not like, why me? All this kind of crap. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I really don't feel that way. And maybe that's a little bit based on some sort of faith that's been instilled in me. I, I, I'm trying to just be like, I have faith that things will get better, that my life will be good. My, my kid's life will be good. Even my wife's life will be good. I have faith in that. And I think some of that is based in some sort of uh, religious faith. Yeah. There's like all this weird stuff happening because of this show, by the way. It just seems like things are falling in line, which it's too it's too hard to explain. Maybe this is why we have religion, but it's too hard to explain why certain things are happening without some sort of divine intervention. Even the fact that like you and I uh because you asked me to do this years ago or or a year ago and we and we really didn't talk and then I don't know. Like there's a reason why why this happened. Why is that? Yeah. No. I don't know. If you were a researcher or a scientist, you could probably play that game all day in terms of probabilities and chaos theory or whatever else. But uh, faith gives a gives us a nice out from having to think that way, which would be a horrible way to live. Hmm, let me analyze why Seniors 94 happened right now. Uh, so I'm curious, though, more about the interactions with other people because I've had people basically tell me you're not going to be saved. You're going to go to hell. Uh, Family members really worried about me, really concerned. And I'm always just very defensive about it because it's like I'm kind of assessing. I immediately assess their life and I assess my life. And then I go, who's kind of walking the path of uh, Jesus more? Hmm. I think me, man. So maybe uh, work on yourself. But it, uh, I find it super offensive. I get it comes from a good place, but nobody wants to be told you're going to hell. <laughs> I, it seems a little arrogant to be able to, to be, for some human to be able to decide to be like, you know what? I can see this person's going to hell because I don't think that's what uh, Jesus was preaching. I think like we all have the right to be like people that are really into this idea of like forgiveness and we all have the chance to be saved if we accept, accept our Jesus or, or God. Yeah. Right? So, right. If you're Christian, uh, but is the message that if you don't accept him, you're going to hell or just the way you're living? It's more of, I think there are some check boxes in their mind that need to be checked in order for you to be in that category of saved. Cause what I see is, a lot of people that have had multiple divorces and major issues, um, substance abuse, other stuff that have happened in their life. I've not had any of that. And it feels like they're still, not that they have permission, but they're compelled to talk to me about what I need to do, which I think is get baptized and accept, in this case, Jesus Christ into my heart and soul, however you do that. That's why I'm curious about what the whole relationship is. What really distinguishes you? What what distinguishes me be, me and you with respect to religion and your ability to get into heaven? I find that pretty fascinating. So I go to a church very infrequently, but 
it's pretty it's pretty god light it's like yeah we accept all faiths everybody's cool you know you can be whatever you want in there it's not a happy church necessarily but it's more of a philosophical church i like that who's who's running the show there like what do you call them the guy talking i don't know like priest or just some dude? no like a like uh gosh i forget what they call him it's not even a pastor spiritual leader spiritual yeah. leader yep and uh that has nothing to do with God or, or it does? No, it does. I mean, they'll use the Bible, but they'll also use quotes from, you know, they'll have a whole thing. It's like Maya Angelou's philosophies from there, philosophies from just everything. Buddha. I mean, they're not hardcore dogma. So I, I enjoy that because I just, I have a problem with these absolutes. I don't know how to get around the absolutes. So when t- somebody tells me I'm going to hell, I'm sort of like, Really? Okay, <laughs> that sounds good. If that's true, most people in the world are going to hell because Christianity is only a small portion of the right. population. I don't know, it's so, like 20% or something? Who knows? I mean, 20-something? Yeah, something like that. I don't know, but... but uh, Islam's not far behind? Yeah. Now, I do... I don't know. I mean, some of it comes down to you, like what your experience was as with the religion as a kid most people that are that are anti-religious were in some crazy hardcore had a had a, a thing where like somebody went too hard in one direction when they're a kid and they're like this is crazy and they they for somehow they they didn't get brainwashed and they realized like this is this is not what not what i need and uh probably too strict or too too weird you know quick question about that because like i don't know if it's been your experience but have have you noticed that the pastor's kid the pastor's kid is often a loose cannon, like a total mess. I've seen it multiple times. This is anecdotal, but yeah, especially they, they seem to struggle. If it's a girl. That's that's the one you want to meet when you're 15 <laughs> and you're backed up. Oh god, that girl's gonna turn you into a man. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, but it's like all or nothing. I mean, I actually, I, I have, you know, we actually had a lot of Mormons in our high school. And most of them are like great people and very nice. And one of our good friends was more, one of our best friends was Mormon. Yeah. And, uh, and I found that a lot of them were, they were like all or nothing. Like they were either like really committed to the faith and they were going to plan on going on their mission. They're going to have five Mormon kids and grow up and be happy. Mm -hmm. Three of them would go to BYU and two of them would, uh, whatever. And then the ones that weren't, were like turned off were like, all off, like really off, like the like partied and and we're we're doing all sorts of shit, and it was like yeah. all or nothing. I think a lot of that happens in a lot of different religions, where where yeah. people rebel against it. Which and that's is just teenagers too. Yeah, you don't see that like or I haven't that much with like Catholic people. They're all just kind of they're all like not that into it and not that out of it. They're just kind of half-assing it a lot of times. And uh, so so why not go? That. Yeah, why not? do some of the rituals like going to church, going to mass right now in this time of struggle for you? Me? Yeah. Well, I mean, I have a, it's interesting. I think the church down here in Costa Rica is, is really old school and traditional and the, and the, and the message just doesn't resonate with me here. Like it's complete nonsense. Like, like it's just some guy rambling on about a really old message 
and uh, it just doesn't doesn't do anything for me. Like I went to we went to a mass. My wife and I we were still still like together. It was years ago, and uh, we I think it was an Ash Wednesday. We like stopped in there before we were going out. It might have been on Valentine's Day, but this priest was rambling on. Like I saw these two girls on a park bench. They were giving kisses to each other, and he was rambling on about how how ridiculous it was that these two girls were like kissing each other and stuff. Oh god! And I was just like, "What the fuck?" Even in the U.S., like the Catholic Church is still it is what it is. But you find a lot of priests in the U.S. that are at least modernizing their message a little bit, more of a message of love and openness. And so you you actually can get something out of those services. It all comes down to like the person talking. It could be like your your fake hippie church. Or, or a Catholic church, like it all comes down to the person talking. If you can't relate to them or care about what they say, it's not going to work, you know? And I don't, it just doesn't work for me down here. Um, yeah. And it's not, it does not feel like a message of love if you start excluding people for something like that. And I don't, for me, the, I mean, I, I do one thing about Catholicism, which I think is good. And people act like, oh, people rip on Catholics a lot, but it's like. Well, lately the, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Molestation yeah, by the way, controversies. I never had any of that shit happen to me. Yeah. Like if you watch the news, you would think that 80% of, of all men in the Catholic church were molested by a priest. I wish it happened to you though, so that we could have something cool to talk about here. Yeah. That's a joke, yeah. Matt. I love maybe, you, buddy. Yeah. No, maybe I, maybe I, I'm repressing it, Yeah. but I, don't, I can't remember it consciously. And, uh, but what was I saying? Now you threw me off there. Got me fantasizing. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> You, you've never had that happen to you, but it, it feels like it's people's impression. It's running rampant through the church. Right. Oh, the one thing about, I was going to say, like, I don't mind the idea. Like there's a bit of like sacrifice in, in the Catholic life where, where not everything's supposed to be easy. And you're supposed to like, like, you know, uh, have some self-control about stuff that you shouldn't be doing. And people probably look down upon that as like, oh, you should be free to do whatever you want. But I think some of that's probably good. There's some discipline in life that's it's probably yeah. good, you know. Yeah, and I so agree. there's a good and bad side of most religions, but but uh, but you seem like you have a negative, and yeah. So, but anyways, to wrap it up, like why I'm not going to church, I just don't feel like the message really does much for me here. One more question, Matt: Would you let your son be an altar boy? I mean, I have I've heard so much about about what's going on with like priests and all this stuff. I, I would not feel comfortable. Like I, I would, it would be I ha, I wouldn't even want to go to like Catholic high school. So why stay with the church if you have that level of discomfort? Well, that's a good question. But because I'd like to believe that it's it's people screwing things up, not not necessarily the whole thing. I mean, if you expand that out further, why would you stay with a church that's caused so much pain around the world? as the Catholic church has, you know, right. Um, but it it gets in your system. It gets ingrained in your system. My, here's what my answer. If I look at people that I know that are somewhat religious or have some faith versus the people that have none, the people that believe like, we're just take a dirt nap when we die. I always (laughs) feel like those people are not underneath it all. They seem like sad, Mm-hmm. And like, I think that people that have some faith are generally happier. Yeah. I've read about too, health wise, like people that believe in like a higher power that have some sort of like it, it, life is what it is. And the higher power will, will help us are generally happier, like with longevity and healthiness, like are generally happier. So there's something, something to that. And that's why I, I still like relish in it. 
maybe I should find a, a different church. But all these churches are based on Catholicism, in my opinion. All these spinoff Christianity where they've got a band and the guy's got frosted bangs and shit and the message is all positive. And it's like, that's all just a, a, someone trying to tone down Catholicism so that they can, they can, they can get followers just like us, yep. man. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. There must be some evolutionary benefit to religion because it's lasted for so long. And um, see, that sounds like somebody that doesn't have faith, but no, I have some spiritual tendencies, but no, I'm not, attracted to some of these organized religious rituals they seem obnoxious either obnoxious or silly i don't correct me if i'm wrong here and you don't have to get into this if you want but it sounds like some of this stuff about people telling you going to hell might have happened later in your life what was your what was your exposure to religion like when you're living with your mom or when you're when you're a kid i don't even remember zero zero not one time did i go to church my entire childhood maybe when i was a baby my mom took me what's her what's her take on it you know have you ever talked to her about it um i don't know she just uh, we haven't talked about it specifically i just i don't know that she felt like with everything else going on in her life that that was a priority at the time but she's hardcore i shouldn't say hardcore she's very dedicated to catholicism now and then my dad is very dedicated to uh, evangelical christianity christianity when did when did that happen for her uh 40s right about 40s. my dad in his 40s yeah they went they went deep they went deep and then my mom doesn't i don't know i don't know that i want to talk about my parents not that they'll ever listen to this bullshit but she's not at all trying to like coax me into it right and your dad would like you to join join up sign up yeah he'd like me to check those boxes which i can understand but when did you when did you start to i think maybe you can answer this this is is good when did you start to doubt religion like you have some doubt about it what what is is it on the media like the catholic priests and stuff or like or what what gives you some doubt sounds like you have some doubt in college i'll do but what happened (laughs) nothing happened it just uh, it was it didn't make practical sense I, I always connected with the cycle of life with the universe i find that to be the most amazing when telescopes shoot way out into distant space and come back with these amazing views of the universe and go okay there's something something we'll never understand and call it creation call it whatever you want i can connect with that and i can also connect with nature sort of like the native americans did i, I could see why they you know, worshiped some of the things that gave them life, like the buffalo or whatever. That that makes sense to me. Some of the other things that happen, like you said, we going to a Sunday service with, you know, this mega rock band <laughs> singing about climbing the mountain with Jesus by our side and stuff like that. I just no, it doesn't appeal. And I'm not not I don't mean to disparage anybody by it. It just doesn't appeal to me. Nor does it appeal to me that you know, Catholics are taking what to me is just like a cracker and, you know, some, some wine Bread. and then the symbol. Yeah. This, whatever you're doing, cracker. that that symbolism is so intense <laughs> and so sacred and it just, that's okay. I, I mean, fine. I, you could explain it to me and I'd, I'd rationalize it and it'd be all right. But like, none of it makes sense to me, especially if you haven't grown up with it. 
So this idea that people that haven't grown up with religion or haven't been exposed to it are going to go to hell or won't be saved, I find that to be obnoxiously ridiculous. And that, but that's, so this, that started when you're in college, basically. Oh, yeah. Just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, there's definitely a fear. I I don't know if I'll ever get over it. There's a fear aspect. If I just go, fuck it, it's all, it's all ridiculous. Am I going to? Am I going to go to hell? Am I going to suffer for eternity? There's definitely, that's implanted in our head. And that's something to think about. But I also, but just besides that, if you just think that this is it, we just fuck around here for 82 years and then we die, that's it's kind of depressing. Like there's got to well, be. Well, sure it's depressing. Yeah, but you, something. there are other ways to think about that. If, if the cycle of life piece is one way to resolve it where, you know, we're all, energy thoughts or energy we're all giving back to ultimately what is the universe or creation and you can you can go and participate in the rituals of religion i think and the community which i which is probably the most beneficial part of it and still connect with this idea that there is some supernatural being and that supernatural being can maybe be viewed with a scientific lens like the universe is compelling just to ponder infinite space, to ponder how many planets are out there, that, that in of itself to me is a spiritual experience. So that's kind of where I lean. And I don't knock anybody that doesn't go that way. I just don't want to be told silly things. And I don't like the people that think they have the absolute truth on any one thing. What, what happens when you have tragedy in your life? What, what happens with you spiritually? Uh, I will often like think of all the human beings that have been alive and have died which are i don't know watching you masturbate bro (laughs) watching you masturbate yeah god (laughs) you did it you did it this time not me i can i just think it's funny if you think of all the people you died like that are like a a positive thing to say is like they're still here with us they're watching over you yeah and they're like "Ah, maybe maybe they'll need to watch us when i'm uh whatever going to the bathroom Anyway, sorry, I cut you off. No, I just wanted good. to throw one in the pot so you didn't. No, have I can jump on that, man. I know, no, I know. I no, no, no. That. What happens? Back to what happens when, when okay. tragedy in your life? Like, where do you go? What happens? Several things. One, one will be reminding myself that humanity uh, collectively has had. I'm not the first to have these struggles, and that there have been so many people that have had issues. Um, have had family members die, have had all these things, right? Have had, you know. A bad podcast. <laughs> a terrible podcast. <laughs> terrible tragedy. Yeah. yeah. So Every, that's number one. die, right? That's a fact of life. Right. So that's, it's natural. It, it's it's normal. Uh, and then I'll, I think, connect with with nature in particular in a, in a like intentional a way. Or, or, uh, yeah, I might go on a hike or I might just really uh meditate i don't quite meditate but really focus on uh the natural world on a walk or wherever else so those are two things i'll do pretty regularly or to be honest watching a a good sci-fi film where you're forced to think about possibilities like dune this is going to sound cheese but (laughs) that right there can get me out of uh some tragic place yeah because it's like oh wow well, is it, I mean, I guess, yeah, you could, any, like a, people that like watching college football or something might go to a game and get, snap them out of it. 
Is it like just something that occupies your mind or, or no, yeah, it's no. more of it's more of grandy more grand possibilities in the universe. That's what the appeal of sci-fi is. I don't get that same feeling watching a guy go for 80 yard uh, touchdown reception. Oh, yeah. now I feel one with create the creator. Yeah. She died for a cause. We what a talent. An yard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you never, you never, you never in a situation where you feel like I'm, I'm praying because this tragedy thing happened. Tragic thing happened. Uh, yeah. I mean, I will talk to whatever you want to call it. You will, but yeah. you don't call it praying. I don't call, I, I'll talk to the universe probably is what I do more often. I don't have a specific vision of a God in my head or of a set of principles that this God is ex- expecting. Uh, all right. Well, that's a good answer. Yeah. You, you're doing something. You're still on your journey, I feel like. But what then, uh, uh, this age old question afterlife, like what, ha- what do you think happens when we die? Would you talk about that? Will you talk about that? Well, does it matter? Because does anyone know? All right, why are you not living, why are you not doing whatever the fuck you want and whether it's sinful or why you treat other people well, like why, why do you do any of that? I think probably because it's in my evolutionary benefit to not do that. But that's a biological answer. Personally, I don't know what that means. Well, so if we all lived with that level of selfishness, I mean, I, I don't see how society exists and we... We continue as a species, but uh, that aside, because we can get into that philosophical chicken and egg all day, that aside, it doesn't feel good to me to shit on other people and to shit on the world or shit on the environment. You know, one could argue you could channel spirituality through protecting the environment. I don't know what other thing represents our humanity and our existence more than a healthy planet Earth. Right. A, a book called the Bible. I mean, I don't get it. And then they'll, but they'll, but that's a false God. That's a false God. And I said this in, uh, I think in the news, it's a like a book so, made yeah. out of uh, renewable hemp or something like that. <laughs> yes, sir. The bi- Yeah, you're right. But the book might have the words in the book might, ha- might encourage you to do something like that, you know? Like might yeah. encourage you to, to be like, well, I'm going to take care of the, the environment or I'm going to do this or that because something in the, in this book thing, like made me think that that's a good thing, but it seems like it's often used in a negative way though. I think it's probably, it sounds like that's kind of your experience with it is like people are using that. Like if the Bible literally said, let's take care of mother earth because, because that's the only planet we have, you'd be like, that's a awesome I would. Yeah. I think it was <laughs> the, the greatest great message, thing. Right? And it, it's let's more of a dominion thing. Yeah. Let's make each other laugh. There's more of a, dom- we have dominion over it all. And uh, that, that I'm not going to get into that politically and how that causes problems, I guess, but it's a, Do it. nah, man, it's, you got the edit button, bro. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's, I think that's, that's where it needs to be, dude. That's the meat on the bone. But don't you think that it's just ripe with contradictions, just endless contradictions? But but that's where the faith is, Lance. That's what faith is. It's right. it's belief. No, it's, it's the greatest so- thing in history, though, dude. To like control people, to to, uh, to be like you just go. 
it's faith. You have to believe. It's like, I, you, I, you can't explain it. It's just faith. You have to believe. It's like such a controlling thing because you can't really argue against it. Like the only thing you can be like, ah, you're fucking crazy. I only believe things I can see. And then people will be like, all right, you don't have any faith. And you're like, shit. Yeah, yeah. God works in mysterious ways. Yeah. It's- okay. So there was a family in our state here and that they were rebuilding an over overpass bridge. And part of the bridge fell down just as they were crossing under it and crushed and killed all of them. God works mysterious ways. I, I'm not, I don't know, man. I can't connect with that. They're in a better place. Uh, it's just too. It's it's uh, it's just such a mind bender. It's a total mind fuck for me to go there. And I, I get it. I get the. I get why you'd be compelled to go there because it's so unspeakable and so thoughtless in terms of somebody's death. And we're all searching uh, hopelessly, I think, for meaning, meaning in our own life, our own significance. And for something like that to happen, it's. Uh, and then you explain it away real quickly with some something like that. God has a plan. I'm, I, I do want to headbutt you in that moment. I I like people that 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 in that situation would just go, even if they're deeply religious, would be like, yeah, who knows? That's the right, right. answer. It's like I can't explain this with God, but it doesn't mean that that they have to stop being faithful. They should probably just go, yeah. That's a tough one to explain. And those are the people I respect the most, the ones that have actually studied religion and they do work, they're they're leaders in churches, but they hold hold the contradictions. They hold them all and they can speak to them and they're not afraid of delivering an uncertain message. It sounds so uh, absolute. And I just, I go, really? You? You're, You're channeling you? The guy that's been divorced two times, but you're you're a pastor, and the guy that uh, you know you've probably you know masturbated to porn before you got up and did this sermon, you are channeling God, and I'm supposed to accept that truth. I'm not saying everybody's a sexual deviant that does work in the church, although I'm, I am reminded of that guy Ted Haggart, who was a big leader in Colorado, and. Uh, he was always railing about gay people. You're, you're using a last name, Lance. We said we'd yeah. never do that. Well, he's Ted actually in a, uh, he's a public <laughs> figure. And he it's was good. railing against gay people on and on constantly in his church. And then turns out he's, you know, he's, gay. he's having gay relationships with his masseuse. And that all comes out. And then people are just like, well, everybody sins. And, uh, Dude, that's the... That's, That's exactly the, the two things that make religion so, 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 uh, such a good way to control people is like, so you can go, well, it's faith. It's got to be faith. And then the person who's like preaching can just be like, I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. Almost like it, they excuse themselves just by being like, I'm a sinner. I'm asking for forgiveness. And, and that could, that's a slippery slope when people start using it to just to be like, oh, sorry, I did that. I'm a sinner. Okay, Hitler. He's just like, oh, I'm a sinner, you know. Like, at, right. like at some point, you're like, you're you're not being accountable to yourself. You're just going, ah, I'm a sinner, and that's what it is. So those two things allow for a lot of interpretation that can go bad quickly. I I think so. And you could pick apart people who do that. You see them in your your lives; they just stay stuck. But they're like, God has, you know. The only thing I'll say is like, there's horrible examples because there's humans involved, but but the i the true 
the idea of religion probably is for the betterment of humanity, not, but just people are using it. Like you said, that guy, that guy, who knows what, why, I mean, why, why would he do that? Why would somebody do that? This haggard guy, why would you rail against gay people? And when you're actually gay, like what happens to a person that they, they do that? You know, who knows? Well, he's trying to fix himself. I mean, there's probably a lot of reasons. You think he is actually like wishing he's, he, he's like, I wish I wasn't gay. He's struggling with it. Yeah. I mean, he's a human being. I don't know how people who are so dogmatic and and do believe they have the absolute truth, how they get up there with a straight face and and make it sound so certain. I don't know how they reconcile that. That's what I find interesting. It'd be cool to like observe and study this, do multiple seniors, 94 episodes on religion because it's so interesting to hear two dipshits talk about religion. If you're on the fence, by the way, Get a female masseuse, you know? Don't put yourself in that situation where it's going to make you gay because this guy's got such magic hands and you're naked and all of a sudden you're like, fuck, I kind of like this. If you need a helping hand, Seniors 94. If you need a tug on your schlong, Matt will gladly do it. I think most people in the U.S. and maybe around the world are familiar with the Nielsen ratings. It's a system that's been ruling our television viewership numbers for about 100 years, and many shows get renewed or canceled based on it. Uh, Well, thinking about that, I came up with a new rating system. This one's called the Nelson Ratings. We all remember the hard rock and metal band from the 90s, an absolute no-nonsense rock-your-face-off band with Two members that have beautifully manicured, flowing, long blonde hair. Well, here's how the Nelson rating works. We've all been there. You're about 20 yards out on a beautiful blonde girl with a firm and fit upper body and a results-oriented caboose. You momentarily fall into a state of primal lust and you walk towards her and just as she gets close, she turns around and oh shit, it's a dude. Oh my God. A 10 on the Nelson rating scale. Brooklyn Decker just turned into Gunner Nelson. Damn it. I think I got a semi. Does this mean I need to change my pronouns? I need to go to church and cleanse this sin. I know some of you out there have listened to the show. You're probably saying, Matt, for your 46-year-old ass, it's going to take a lot more than just some long blonde hair and a nice body for you to get a semi. Fair enough, listeners. I do appreciate you listening to our show. Seniors 94 is written and produced by Matt and Lance. Commercials and editing by Lance. Stand-up comedy by Matt. Music on Damnation Leadership Commercial, Christ is Lord, and Big Veggie. Sound effects on Open Mic, LJ the Unicorn, Ritana, and Klagnar. Acapella Jesus on this god-awful outro, Andre Onate. Thanks for listening.